Who's the donkey? Who's the donkey? You, you look Who like is the donkey now? Like one now? Who is the donkey? There's only one Tyson Fury. I broke my back. What do you mean by that? Your back is broken. What a, a vertebrae or, or no. what portion? Spinal. Hello, hello, hello. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. Welcome back, everyone. You're locked into the sounds of Jab and Weave. And you're back again with your two favourite boys for another breathtaking episode. The boys are back. The boys are consistent. The boys are on full, mate. If we were a fantasy team, we'll be right up there. Triple captain, man. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> mate, all the subs on... on, on uh, what is it? What's, what's, what's the thing where you can use the bench boost or whatever? Oh, bench boost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't use wild cards here, mate. We've got consistency back. And as you said, Sean, it's good to be back because it has been a while. As in, like... Well, I mean, by a while, it's been a while where we've had like a few episodes going, but you know, we're dedicated to this. Um, and yeah, we're back again with another breathtaking episode, as you said. Mate, it's just, it's, it's been a busy period for us. I think a lot of people, a lot of my mates, they've been busy because I think it's coming to uh, second quarter, so halfway through the year. So people like companies doing a lot of reflection, hiring, I guess. And obviously, with the shops opening back again, people are getting jobs. So just a busy time. But mate, bring roll on the 4th of July. Speaking of 4th, you're on about 4th of July, mate. I can come quick enough for people because, mate, I know it's not America over here, but flipping, heck, pubs, cinemas, hair salons, no social distancing. Mm, Mate, we're back to normal by the sounds of it. I know, I'm even hearing some gyms as well. I think the distance is going from two to one metres, but we're going back to normality, which is, I think it's crazy for me, man. I don't agree with it personally. I'll tell you something funny, actually. So during uh, earlier today, I was on my phone, then I got the notification that oh, Fourth of July, everything's opening. Then two minutes later, uh, Djokovic got tested positive for Corona. I just thought oh, that's really, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. But that story of Djokovic is something else because I don't know if you heard. Basically, um, he had a uh, tennis tournament arranged with a few of the tennis pros, right? Mm. Then allegedly. Himself and some of the players went for a so-called party slash gathering. But oh, you know how gosh. It, you know how it goes, Sean. When someone says it's a gathering, it's really a party. Let's be oh, real. Mate, it's a party, yeah. And obviously, they had a party, and a couple of the other tennis players got t- test positive. So there's the Bulgarian player, uh, Grigor mm-hmm. Dimitrov. He tests positive, and then obviously today, Novak Djokovic tested. Positive. Honestly, it's crazy. What about, what about you, tennis player? I'm sure we're waiting for your results, eh? Oh, God. He, he had to he had to say that. Djokovic probably told you to organise the party. Best mates. <laughs> All I'm saying is my backhand needs a bit of improving. Here we go. I'll give Djokovic a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> a anyway. working dream. But, mate, it's it's crazy how these restrictions are getting these. Because, like, like, funny or not, people are still getting tested positive for corona. I know the Premier League are still doing their um, rounds on a weekly basis. Mm. We're talking about testing rounds. Let your mind go elsewhere. <laughs> but the Premier League is still doing their rounds on a weekly basis. I'm thinking, like, I, mean, I thought he was about to say, you know, like, I'm talking of these kind of rounds. I was like, sure, <laughs> we don't. We t- you, he always goes on about to me about being PG. So PG, ITV. No, nah, but yeah, but I think some players, um, I think, was it one player that got t- uh, posit- tested positive a week ago or so? So. It's still, it, Corona's still about, and I don't know if the government, they're being completely op- uh, optimistic or if they just want the economy up and running again, but it just, just doesn't make any sense for me, man. Hey, they're acting like, this is what I don't get, they're acting like the government's, like the economy, sorry, is a boxer, it's just been knocked out, right, for the 10 count, and mm. that be back up, like, we've just been knocked out, like, just, just take it and get back up afterwards, like, they're just rushing everything, like, I'm sorry. But I don't know about you, Sean, but whenever I go to the shops, people when okay, fine, they queue outside the shops with the two meters. As soon mm. as they come outside, where's the social distancing? Yeah, no, yeah. I know I went to Tesco the other day and I know they've got all these um marker things on the floor to tell you one way, but mate, if I've skipped the milk and I need to go back and I'm getting my milk. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's just it's it's kind of the mentality everyone's gone to. Everyone's kind of like, you know what? Forget about it. This isn't real. Let's just go back to normality. I'm seeing people hugging, touching. I walked, had a walk the other day. Saw a group of like eight little year eights. I don't even know what year they were in, but I'm sure they missed their mates and whatever. This is it's crazy, man. We're just going back to normality, and I'm just 
I'm scared of this second wave if it is to hit the way everyone's acting. But if there is no second wave, if there isn't as many deaths as beforehand, then can, can I just say something? The way you just went eight little year eight with their mates is fucking <laughs> Muhammad Ali. He's, he's got the absolute bars for days. Like that was mate, it's, it's off the top of the dome, man. I told you. <laughs> I've got my Apple Notes here. I've got a couple free so I'm ready to go, man. Kept hey, firing the boot. <laughs> that is quality. <laughs> I didn't even realise I've done that. I was there. I was just like trying to hold my laughter. I was like, <laughs> straight off the dome. That was quality. But um, you are completely right. The second wave. This government might have had everybody on if there's no second wave. Let's just be. Let's just call a spade for a spade. Because mm. how can they allow all these people to be out? And they're still worried about this and that. But there's no second wave. And it just makes me think, did the government just think, oh, you know what? We're going to have a day off. Oh, sorry, we're going to have a month, uh, at least three months off. Mm. Let corona happen and then, you know, we can relax. But unlike jokes aside, like, what the hell? Like, there's no second wave. Some serious questions will need to be had. Mm, I know, but we can only hope and pray for things to get better. I know there's a so-called vaccine that they've created. And they're saying that the ones who are least vulnerable, who are, is it least vulnerable? I'm saying the right words, but the ones who are least vulnerable to corona, to catching the symptoms, should get uh, access to the vaccine first. And, mate, I'm telling you now, I'm not going to be in the front of the line. I don't think I need the vaccine at all. I swear to God, I just hyped up Sean for nothing. Like, he's there saying, you know, eight little year rates with his mates, and he doesn't know if he's saying less vulnerable is right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, come on. (laughs) No, I think you're right. Like, definitely won't be jumping in front of the queue and you know as british people love a queue so i definitely will be waiting but the one thing i want to say and you know me and my conspiracy theories i read something where apparently this vaccine is a way to control people in a new world order uh, you know what I, i'm i'm not going to dispute that because i watched on netflix um what happened to monday and that film scared the living daylights out of me that that's i think that's the future i don't know if you had a chance to watch it by any chance uh, what's it called? What happened to Monday? Yeah, what happened to Monday? Never heard of it. What happened to Sunday? But you know. <laughs> no, you need to watch it. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe talk about it next week or something. But yeah. it's a great film. Oh, I, I think it's going to be like the future. And basically, I'll just give you a little insight. But basically, what they do is they kind of implement a one-child policy where families are only allowed one kid, and if you have more than one, then they got to get like exterminated or whatever. And it's just crazy because I can see that happening again. I mean, the way the way Sean's describing it, he's talking one child policy like it's China. He's talking exterminate like it's the Daleks from Doctor Who. <laughs> you know, what is this? He's, 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 he said the show's called What Happened to Monday. It's more like what's happened to 2020. Like, <laughs> seriously. Now, I'll give it a watch. It sounds quite intriguing. I like these kind of, um, I don't know, like I don't know if you call it a utopia, but these kind of are oh, what if the world happened like this. I think those kind of shows are quite interesting. And yes, it makes your imagination run wild. But mate. It's the world and it's good to dream, you know, the sky's the limit. And uh, I'll definitely be intrigued to watch that for sure. No, but yeah, we do we do need to be careful. And I think people still need to be cautious when they're going out. Like, yeah, it's a great thing these shops are open. But me personally, I'm not going to be, be out 4th of July. I'm not going to be the first one there. But just if you are going out, whether it is for work or whatever reason, just still be cautious because you, you don't know who has it around you. I, 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 I don't know. I think there's, there's, a, there's, some, there's a bigger picture the government's hiding, man. Mate, I read something ridiculous uh, that's in the States during everything that's happened. So during Blackout Tuesday a couple of weeks ago, there was a trial for Hillary Clinton. Um, Stop it, was, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a few other things as well. Apparently, it's been a bit of a cover-up of these prominent celebrities and high-end people who have had child um, sex scandals. So I'm just like, listen, I'm not saying I agree with any of them, but I would not be surprised if these fell under the radar. I would not be surprised. Mm, since on that beautiful country of America, did you see that Trump rally? Did you oh, see all them people next to each other? Yeah, Tulsa. Oh, and God. then the whole, um, oh, that was funny, how he was like, let's do less tests, because that means less people have it. The people yeah. aren't getting tested don't mean they've still not got it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's a meme. I find him hilarious on the stuff. He's, he's like, oh, man, if he... You know what? I won't be surprised if he's president again for a second, uh, second stretch. He, he'll get. He's got it. Crazy. He's got it. He, he's got the extension of the de- the loan deal. It's like Igarlo's loan deal, mate. He's getting, <laughs> and I think Trump Trump's deal is getting extended for another four years anyway. So getting extended. Oh, well, but we're in for great times, eh? One thing I would say though, before we go into other matters, mm. I don't understand why pubs are going to be open because it's all takeaway. So. 
you know, a pint round my end, right, they're about mm. five pounds. You can just go to the supermarket and get a pack of four, like, beer cans or whatever for fiver. Mm, I don't know. I think I think because the beers, I think the establishment themselves, them small, medium-sized companies, they need they need their income. They need the money to start coming in, and the only way that comes in is through people. So they need to be open again for that income to be generated. But like you said, it's going to be a takeaway service. Surely people aren't going to be sitting in and actually eating. But I do know countries like and well, you know as well, countries like France and Spain, mm. they're kind of opening restaurants where people can sit in and eat as long as they've got the mask on, or whatever. But I, I, I don't know what anyone plans. Me, I'm still going to be sitting home. I've been banging out TGI takeaway, so I'll carry that on, mate. Then <laughs> wings. If get, they want to sponsor me, bring it on. But get fit with Opie, mate. He's gone to the back burner. Yeah, <laughs> oh, shout out. Get fit with Opie. <laughs> but you're right. No, I love how you mentioned France and Spain. Like, like he's just given a hint of the you know the team meetings were. <laughs> I'm loving that hint. You think I don't pick up on this stuff? <laughs> pick up on it. Um, we might not be next to each other, but he's reading my mind. Oh, God, that's going to be emotional. That is the first ever board. Uh, I'll just say what it is, but but board call without Sean is going to be like, you know, going to feel lost, mate. Mm. But yeah, you're right. It's going to be crazy. But speaking of crazy, let's get straight into it. Mm. Did we see what happened a couple of days earlier with White Lives Matter Burnley? Mm, I know that was that was that was something, man. That was a statement just there about to watch the game. Enjoy City thrush Burnley. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Yeah, it is a plane with a cheeky message on top. <laughs> cheeky message? I tell you what, I think it was more than cheeky. Yeah, I I, I just found it very disrespectful. Like, oh, I, I don't know what words I can say. I think I think one thing I do take my hat off, even though I'm not wearing one to bed me, because he approached the interview with Sky, like, very, uh, Sky News, Sky Sports, very well, uh, addressing the situation straight away, uh, not talking about the game straight away, but it, it wasn't great. It was quite disgusting. And um, it's good to hear that the Bernie players themselves in the dressing room are, are quite disgusted how the fans have come together and put something like that together. It's not nice at all. Like, read the room, you know what I mean? No, I, I agree, Sean. I think what you said there about Ben Mee's um, great. Because, you know, a lot of the time you might see players who, I'm not saying they're forced, but sometimes it's like a PR stunt where, you know, they kind of say something for the sake of it. It was Ben Mee. You know he didn't say it for the sake of it because he went mm. to it with what happened was embarrassing and I'm disgusted by it because it, because it was, it was embarrassing. And, you know, there was a lot of controversy. I felt uh, a couple of days ago about it. Cause a lot of people were saying, um, Oh, why is that banner offensive? And mm. I think you need to look at the bigger picture. Of course it's offensive. It's distasteful. It's offensive. And um, if you don't understand why that is offensive, then you've completely missed the whole point of why black lives, black lives matter in the first place, you know, so I think for me, I think one thing I do want to get out there and say, I don't know if this, I don't care if this comes back to bite me, but of course, all lives matter. We're not saying blacks are more important than whites and no way whites are more important than black. Every single life matters. Of course. For the <laughs> every black, every white, every Chinese, Asian, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. Yes, your life doesn't matter. We're not, we don't want to be going around saying, oh, uh, he's Asian, he's more important than this, that, the other. No, that's not the case. George Floyd's situation, as a black man, it was disgusting to watch that and witness that. And it should, he, sh- he shouldn't be treated like that because of the colour of the skin. So that's why at this current moment of time, we've reflected on so many situations that's happened in America and the UK, all down to the injustice of the colour of their skin, racial situations. And we're just saying that, look, black lives do matter. It's not a case of the white man being any better in any shape or form than the black man. So that's what the movement is about. So... White people trying to come and say, "Oh, this, that, the other." It's just, it's crazy. It's no. Crazy. Yeah, no, that that was well said, Sean. I think that's definitely. I echo that sentiment. The fact that, listen, I'm not going to say I understand the plight of what black people go through. Hundred percent. Neither does someone who's white. But we can definitely support the rights of black people and strive for equality. And I think by saying all lives matter, that goes without saying. Everybody knows that every single human life in this world is sacred and it should be held sacred but what yeah. black lives matter is trying to you know in, like point you into the fact that listen black lives do matter look at what's been happening not even just yeah. like you, you said it over the you know previous couple of years what happened to george lloyd a couple of weeks ago you know since since slavery started like it's not just one thing and people just they don't look at the bigger picture and that's what people need to do and the burnley fans that obviously had the um had that airplane or whatever you must think what am I trying to achieve here? What am I mm, really trying to achieve? Yeah, honestly, it's not, I, I did not find it one bit funny. And I think anyone who did find it funny 
you really got to check out your sense of humor, man. Yeah, because like I get there's freedom of speech and stuff, but and dark humor, but that's not really dark humor, especially when something so emotive as well. You're trying to take the Mickey out of. And another thing as well, those Burnley fans are in a way. I'm not saying people all think like this, but a lot of people might think, okay, I'm not gonna if if I say if I was black, I might think, okay, I don't really want to go to Burnley now if that's what they think. Oh yeah, yeah. That's going to be a true. That's going to be a reflection of what Burnley's like. Yeah, now, it's a reflection of the whole town. Yeah, even I'm sure a lot of like the players are they're disgusted because people are going to kind of look at Burnley and disgust. Like even Ben Me, Burnley is a represent is a representation of him. So people are going to think, oh, that's a terrible area. Look at how backwards thinking they are. I'm definitely put off. You will never ever catch me there. Like you're going to catch me at Turf Moor in the first place, but. Mate, it's just it, it's terrible to see, man. It's honestly, Mate, it's... like I said, read the room. If you want to, if you if you really if you really think it's a case of us, I say, ask oh, Jesus. If you really think it's a case of black people saying that, oh, our lives are more important than you, then you really need to check yourself out and read some of the facts and look at the history, because it's not the case of whose life is more important than others. Yes, every single life, but every single life on this earth matters. Yes, it does. No one should be treated the way some of these black people have been treated in the past. And that's just simply the message. And if you're too, if you're too dumb and too silly to see that, then mate, you need to hit Spec Savers, Vision Express, Boots, all of them. Get them ISS. You get your head tested. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> amen. That was a riveting speech. Honestly, like getting me fired up, mate. Like, mate, get me in the was... booth. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was a lot. Of, there must be a lot of steam in your room at the moment because Jesus Christ, mate. I'm about to take my top off. I'm just. I'm ready to go. He's only taking his top off because he's seeing the games and obviously there's a few birds outside, obviously. <laughs> but anyway, right, I think just before we move on to like obviously boxing topics and sport topics, I think one thing um, that I just want to put to you as well is how do you how do you feel about like where the Black Lives Matter movement has gone now? Because obviously we're not seeing as many people as vocal, especially in my feed, anyone social media. We're not mm. seeing as many people. Mainstream media aren't reporting. Um as much about it, like I don't know if you saw a couple of uh, days ago, there was a, a, a terrorist attack, I believe, in Reading. Reading, uh, yeah. I don't really see as much about Black Lives Matter anymore. And I mean, what do you think? Where do you think the next steps are? Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I think it's a case of news is always changing every day. So I kind of read uh, something in the Financial Times about how we're still negotiating a deal with Japan because obviously we still got to remember Brexit. So there's still a lot of things going on. But I think it is quite sad to see how the whole the trend and the hype has kind of died down. I guess there's a lot of things going on. The shops are opening, people are busy, but I think it isn't a case or it isn't a fight that we should stop fighting. I don't, yeah, it's fine that the protests have stopped, but I think people still need to understand everything that's happened and still need to fight for the equality, whether and however they plan to do it, still donating, still um, signing up for these petitions, but just still making sure that their voice is heard and they are trying to show as much support as they can. Yeah, but no. I think it's it's not going to be you know what I mean we're not going to be able to protest every week every weekend. I think people have done the best that they can, and I take my hat off to everyone who's kind of supported or contributed it to contributed towards it in one way or the other. But I think it was always gonna it was always bound to kind of di- not die down, but you know what I mean. Yeah, Peter the out. Passion, the passion wasn't going to be as there. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. I think I think that's a fair point, and I just think. One thing I'd say, me, myself, I'm a little bit disappointed in seeing people is um, at the start and the initial kind of when the movement was not real. I'm not saying there was a peak or a trough, but when there was a lot of people kind of advocating, etc. A lot of people, you know, what I'm not going to say jumped on the bandwagon, but they tried to perceive like they care. But recently, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen, but there's been um, a lot more news and exposure on what's happening in the Yemen. Um, and it's not even the Yemen like this. Like, I don't know if you know, but in a couple of weeks, um uh, Palestine's going to be annexed by Israel. I think there was mm. all this stuff that's happening, yet people won't really speak up out on these matters. So it just makes me question, like, why were you speaking uh, out on the first place? Did you do it because you wanted to show or do you actually care? Because I feel as though if you are really, um, I don't know, if you really care about social justice and equality, then it shouldn't just be for one reason. It should just be throughout your life. And that's one thing I'm a little bit disappointed about people. But I'm- I think it just comes down to educating. Like, if you... Like some people, I, I hate to say it, they just live with whatever they see on social media or whatever they see on Twitter. Like that's how they live or base their life. So they saw Black Lives Matter trending. They thought, oh my God, I need to stick, I need to um, fit in. I don't know if you saw like some um, Instagram models going to like protests and taking pictures and driving oh. off. For some people, just simply doing it for 
to jump on the bandwagon to seem like they're a part of it. But I think if you actually educate yourself, watch the news, make yourself aware of what's going on, then you can still, like you said, you can be able to donate and make a change in Yemen. Not make a, a, a massive change, but I'm sure every little helps. Shout out Tesco. But you know what I mean? Just do just do your bit, whatever you can to support and actually show that, you know, you do want to kind of make as much equality out there as you can. But I don't know. I, I think actions speak louder than words. And if people are, if people's fight is done for equality, then that says a lot about them. No, no, I agree with that. And it's a bit weird because that's the second time Sean, Sean's mentioned Tesco this episode. So you mentioned... Is it? From the first time? You mentioned about how you, you know, I went for a shop in Tesco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now it's every little help. You sure you've not got shares in Tesco or something? Like, uh, what? Mate, I used to work there, didn't I? <laughs> what absolute gaff. You know what? They've got some pretty good products, to be fair. Can't forget the day ones. Mate, they're quality. But no, you're right. I mean, the influencers, they're just annoying. Like, this is, I, I'm not saying they're the reason I didn't have social media for a long time, but just mm. seeing people live a fake life, I don't mm, respect. Mm, mm. Be true to yourself and be authentic. And you know what? Going forward, hopefully we see change. Like, um, it's not even just, um, you know, what's happening in Yemen. Like, I don't know if you know what's happening in Libya, but there's a massive slave trade happening in Libya as, as we speak. So, listen, it's injustice everywhere. When you see it, you should up on it. And that's how I think people should be. If you really true, mm. but anyway, Sean, we'll leave that to one side. Let's get straight into it with the boxing. Mm. Let's, well, yeah, go on then. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like, all right, you want to stop? Go on then, It's not an F one race, Sean. I don't want to <laughs> start. You know, it's not the hundred meters, hundred meters sprint. But anyway, let's get straight into it with the man himself, Anthony Joshua. And obviously, there's a lot of talk been going around because obviously everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be fine at Fury in 2021. But people mm-hmm. forgetting. Who's spoken up this week? His name is Alexander Yusik. And obviously, he said that, um, or his manager said anyway, that if AJ does fight Fury, it will be without the WBO because Fury, AJ, sorry, has to fight Yusik before any of this happens. So that's throwing another spanner in the works. Mm, that's, yeah, mate. They don't call me Handy Manny for nothing, but if I'm counting my spanners, I say that's a massive one because. <laughs> <laughs> Go let that one settle. But it was quality. <laughs> Why did he come up with this stuff? <laughs> it's off the dome. I told you, get me in the booth. <laughs> no, nah, but anyway, um, yeah, I think you sick. I think you know what the problem is. I told you. I think uh, her and uh, her and AJ and Fury announcing the two fight deal, mate. Can you imagine that? How lucrative that is. The money that's going to mm. be made from that, mate. You're going to get someone like Wilder who's going to want to disrupt that. Obviously, we've got White there. We're going to talk about that later. You've got Usyk. You've got uh, Pulev, who he's fighting next. Mate, that's that's the danger. About, that's the danger when you announce a fight before it's going to happen. Because you're, basically, you're, uh, you're making the heavy champion. And everyone is going to want to fight for that. And I'm not surprised Usyk is saying he's going to want to claim the WBO. It's definitely going to put a massive fan in the works. And I think, I think the fight will definitely still happen without it anyway. I think Usyk will... I mean, if Usyk is smart, he could wait for the winner. I don't know. He could wait for the winner out of the two fights. But I think trying to claim the belt before they have their fight, it's just, it's it's going to be messy. And, and there's no, I don't think there's any contractual agreement for him to face AJ before he faces a Fury. Mm. So it's it's dangerous, man. Hey, it's very dangerous because let's be real. It's not like AJ Pulev has, have had their... Um, you know, they've rearranged uh, date agreed because they, yeah, yeah. they haven't, they haven't. So like, I mean, I don't know if you saw, but there were, there was a potential date in November being considered by uh, Eddie and uh, the venue, which I found quite funny, the Royal Albert Hall in Kensington. No way, really? Yeah. I mean, like what kind of opera are they going to be singing in? <laughs> you know, what kind of orchestra is going to be in the back while they're fighting? Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. that's a bit crazy. But again, like if they say if they fight in November, December, right? Usyk's going to fight AJ probably what April at the earliest next. Well, week. we're saying Usyk's going to fight. Are we forgetting about Derek Chisora, or is that going to be completely off the cards? Then that's another great question, Sean. Because for me, Usyk is still not a proven. I guess he is. He's a proven boxer, but heavyweight. I'm not too sure. Chaz Weatherspoon, whatever his name is, he done. He, I guess he done what he needed to do. Came in last minute, but for me, I think he still needs to go through a Chisora, a white, a kind of a solid person in the heavyweight division. And I don't want Usyk to get too big for his boots and think, you know what, I am the WBO mandatory, let me claim my belt and fight AJ because, mate, you'll find out that you're a size 10 and AJ's a size 13 and you'll be in big trouble. 
I thought he was going to shout out Tesco again. The Tesco. <laughs> shoes now, don't you? <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, Chisora, mate, he would be game. Like, he knows he hasn't got that many years left. So he's going to put everything mm-hmm. on the line. So that'd be a tough fight for Usyk. So at the moment, the whole thing with AJ Pulev, Usyk, Chisora is discombobulated. But on the other side, we've got Mr. Dillian White, who's another spanner. And obviously... Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, he's mentioned how, um, obviously, the WC anyway, the WBC confirmed that Dillian White has taken legal action against the governing body over the date of the mandatory WBC title fight. So that's another spanner in the work, Sean. Mm, so I kind of, yeah, I, I read a few things about that. And I, and I read something, I think it's by the Suns, so I don't know how reliable it is, but saying that Tyson Fury has been ordered to fight Dillian White. Because as you did mention last week, he is still the um, February 2021 uh, mandatory mm. And come on, Dylan White has been the mandatory for how long now? He does deserve a title shot. And if AJ and Fury are trying to do this two-fight deal behind his back, you know what I mean? He's not He's not a silly boy. He's not going to watch it all unfold and just wait for the winner. He, he wants He wants his shot. And I think, you know what? Too right. He does deserve his shot. I think the WBC should allow him to have that fight. And if it means maybe Fury losing the belt, I, I'm not going to lie. I think I don't think Fury will care if he loses, if the WBC is not up for him. Um, Grabs against him and uh, Joshua Fire, mm. if that makes sense. Because I think Fury, I don't, I think Fury now is just kind of a, kind of a, he's in it for the legacy, just to prove that he is the best out there. And whether that means winning the belt, I don't think he really cares because he's won it all. You know what I mean? He's proved that he can do it. So I don't think having a, a, another belt there means anything to him. No, I think that's a fair point. I mean, as lo- as much as nice as it sounds, of oh, you know, unified, undisputed. Mm-hmm. Really, for Fury, as long as he beats everybody that is in the heavyweight division who is a threat, yeah, that's all that matters to him. And I think what you said is right. I mean, let's say the WBC is vacated, that gives Dillian White a big opportunity to win that bout. But again, would he fight then? Would he fight Dillian? Would he fight Deontay Wilder then for that fight? Yeah, I think surely it'd be Wilder who'd be the number one. So he's the interim champion, White, yeah. and then I'm sure uh, Wilder would be the number one rated, so I'm sure it'd be him. And you know what? Unfortunately, I don't think that will generate a lot, a lot of money. I think the money is Fury and AJ right now. So I don't I don't know what the best thing is for White to do. I think he, def- he definitely wants a belt. Who doesn't want to retire as a champion? He definitely wants to be recognised as a former champion. But I just... I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a funny one. It's definitely a funny one because Dillian White is that man. Like I said, I think we've said it in a previous episode. He's just... He's the boogeyman. Like no one really wants to fight him. Mm. He's he's almost a world champion, but he's bet he's not. And then he's better. Mm. Best he's better than everybody else. Just like what's going on? And again, he's still got to fight uh, Povetkin as well. That's a rearranged. Fight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, honestly, there is a lot of spanners. There's a lot of spanners there. So I think he will definitely get through Povetkin. But I really do want to see him as a champion just at one point because he does deserve it. Because for me, he's. Mate, like, I think I've said it before. If there's an ach- if there was an achievement for best progress, it goes to him, man. Because that knocked out, that getting knocked out from AJ to where he is now, he's a different animal. Oh yeah, I even think he'd give AJ a run for his money, man. I, I wish that fight happened, but unfortunately, yeah. What instead of a Ruiz? Yeah, unfortunately. But then I do like the Ruiz story. I like how Ruiz beat Joshua. Oh, another great story, and that's what I love about boxing. I mean, it's one of the sports where you have these riveting stories and these great stories that you hear about. Oh, he's come from nowhere, and you know, like Ruiz, he was a replacement fighter, and he knocked out the champion of the world. But mate, mate first Mexican heavyweight, he'll be in the books. Exactly, and you look at the man, and you think, oh, he's not going to be heavyweight champion. But, you know what I mean, yeah, mate, you know, talk about don't judge a book by his cover, and he's <laughs> person. But you know what? I'm really surprised. You mentioned Dillian White and. I'm surprised you didn't mention about how you're best mates with him because you <laughs> back in the day. I was waiting for that. I was just waiting for it. I was like, when's he going to say it? Because you... No, we've, gi- we've given you the highlight with your best mate, Djokovic. I thought, why? I'm not going to share all the spotlight. <laughs> it's still all the spotlight even. But, but yeah. You know what? A funny thing I wanted to ask you, actually, as we, I think we both had the kind of same mindset that Fury's in it more to just show he's the best heavyweight. Who, do you, who else do you think in the division right now he needs to beat to kind of show he is the best? Because for me, outside, I just think it's AJ because maybe Wyatt because he's the mandatory. But I think he's shown he can do it against Wilder. And he look at look at the turnaround he's done it on his comeback and the two years layoff. 
I think once he's done AJ, what more does he, he, he? There's nothing more he needs to prove. Nope. All these up and comers, Daniel Dubois, Joyce, mate. I, I don't care. Don't care for it. Yeah, no. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> and here we go. Um, no, I I agree, Sean. I think if this was AJ, and say if um you look at who he's fighting now, I'd say he's still got to fight. Okay, I know Wilder lost to Fury, but I still think he has to fight someone like Wilder, AJ. Who AJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. He needs to do a hard hitter. Oh, actually, sorry, I lied. Maybe a Usyk Fury needs to do. I think that would be very interesting. That would be a great fight. Usyk, Usyk's that kind of smaller fighter, great technical boxer. He's the kind of fighter that, you know what, Fury would have problems with. But then, Yeah, he's the closest thing to Fury, yeah. to himself, you know what I mean? But then, you know what, it begs a bigger question of, listen, I know Fury obviously doesn't like fighting smaller fighters, but he's shown he has the power to knock out bigger fighters, so what's the, they wouldn't stop Usyk, you know? And look at that fight with Wallen. He was a southpaw, so you never know, man. Mate, he's so skilled. That that man is so skilled. But obviously, speaking of skilled, we know a fighter who's very skilled when it comes to eating, and that is Jarrell Big Baby Miller. <laughs> and obviously, there's big, big talk, and it's been confirmed that he has a return. I think it's July the 16th, was it? Mm, some, yeah, sometime in mid-July, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. I, I just laugh every time I hear his name, because I just... There's two things. I always think what could, I always think what could have happened if he wasn't popping xyz and actually had the fight with aj and i always think oh my god i want to see that um what's it called is it behind the gloves the one with johnny nelson um him and yeah him and aj yeah yeah behind the gloves i want that footage to be released that would be perfect for this lockdown oh god can you imagine the the, the memes <laughs> everything about that episode would have been great but and you know i sorry sorry to cut you off i hope sky sports have still kept that because I think AJ would love to fight Miller just to like, because no one's rattled him like that. I know, yeah. And I think he'd just love to dent him. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like when you get, if you went to, I know we don't really have these circuses anymore, but back in the day, like we were even born then, but we weren't. Back in the day, <laughs> they had circuses where um, they'd have like tigers and stuff. And obviously, like people would taunt them and stuff. So, like, if anything, what Baby Miller was doing was taunting the tiger. And, mm-hmm. mate, what happens when you prod someone? They're going to react eventually. And mm, that's what's going to explode, literally. But obviously, you mentioned uh, popping off X, Y, and Z. I thought that's a new drug around or something. <laughs> like, I don't know if you watched that film Limitless with Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah, watch that my mum the other day. Yeah, X. Shut up, mum. <laughs> that is a great drug. XZT. I need something like that in exam to remember everything I have. But That was a great film. One of my mates recommended me um, watching it. It was a great film. Obviously, he's got a lot of films you've recommended. This, this man we're talking about hasn't even watched Shawshank Redemption. So, I... <laughs> Let's 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 not get into it. Let's let's not get into it. It's on the list. It's on the list. But anyway, obviously, Big Baby Miller, mate. I'd love to listen. I'm not condoning what he did with his drugs, but he's a character. And, you know, boxing needs these characters. You know, kind of fills um, the room up with his with his character and personality. And it's always great to see. Can you imagine him and AJ going through? Let's let's say AJ fights in the US again, right? Mm. But not, again, and his homecoming this time. Is against Big Baby, the fighter he was meant to start fight originally. That great fireworks. Well, definitely. I think that would definitely do numbers. I think uh, Miller's a Brooklyn boy, so New York. I think that would get a lot of eyes on it, a lot of attraction. And especially how their head to head went the first time. I think we're in, to, in for a great show. And I think I've, I've never thought uh, Miller's a bad fighter. I've always thought he's decent. Mm. What, 300 pounds? He's got a bit of a gas tank on him. He's carried himself well. I've watched some of his previous fights, some highlights. They've not been the best of opponents. So I think AJ was a massive jump for him. But you know what? When someone's, ugh, I don't know, when someone's hungry like him, chuck it at him. Why not? Mate, why not? I mean, he's definitely hungry. You can see the size of the guy. Like, he's always, <laughs> he's always hungry to eat. But, mate, you said it right. Like, he's, he's a fighter that, listen, he's going to create controversy wherever he goes. But mm. You're going to tune in to watch him. and Oh, yeah, definitely. What better fight than him versus... um. AJ, you know, it'd be, it would be a cracking fight. I'll tell you that right now. I think, so the person that he's scheduled to fight is called, is it Jerry Forrest or so? I think he's on the forehand. Yeah, Jerry, Ben and Jerry's Forrest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't really know much about him. I think his record is 23 now, so he hasn't had the best, I don't know, any of his opponents. Uh, 26 and 3, sorry. So... I don't know. I don't know much. Oh, well, I, I guess when you said, I guess it is a tune-up fight. It's a tune-up fight, but it's, when you first said twenty-three and I was literally about to say, like, I tell you what, for a bit of a comeback, he's <laughs> definitely fighting a journeyman, is he? Like, that's a pretty decent. I mean, it might be stat padded. Don't get me wrong, but 
you got to be half decent. You know what? He'll come through that. He might even take the whole... I reckon the fight will be an eight-round fight just so he can come back into it, maybe in ten rounds. And then um, I think then his promoter, Lou DiBella, is just going to try and get him into the bigger fights just so he can propel his name because he's got a lot of catching up to do. You know? Oh, a lot, yeah. I think I'd love to see him. I've always said I'd love to see Miller White. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that is Battle of the Big Boys, man. Good, good night. Good night. Good. Honestly. That's, that is going to be whoever lands first claim is spark out, knocked out. That would be such a fight. Oh, my Lord. And I know I know uh, White said a few t- tasteful comments about Miller. Oh. So... I know they're not the best of friends. So I think it'll be really heated press, uh, press conference, head to head, everything. So it's built up for a great fight. But well, we all know Dylan White doesn't need to take it, but there's nothing that's going to stop him from taking it anyway. No chance. He's he's he's. That's what I love about Dylan White. He's always game. And let's say um, the WBC title fight doesn't happen for let's say another six months, and let's say he doesn't fight Povetkin, He'll still fight another top 10 fighter. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. What we'd love to see. But anyway, speaking of top 10 and another fight, uh, a fight card that should be happening very, very soon in the UK is the Frank Warren card. On mm. Was it the 9th of July, was it? 10th, 10th of July. So, oh, he's, he's said a few names on there. So, the ones I remember off head are Brad Foster and James Bate. Beach, Beach. Oh. Sorry, I'm back to my butchering ways. Man. God. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> The butcher of the song. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah, but they're super bantam. So I think that was for the British Commonwealth. And then another, ne- the only other name that I recognise is um, David Adelaide, up and coming heavyweight. So I know he's had his one fight already. He's already had his um, debut fight, which he won. So it'd be good to see him again. And I think he's, a very, he's very smart from Frank. These aren't, uh, no disrespect to any of them. They're all up and coming. You know what I mean? They're all new kids on the block. Shout out to the first episode. <laughs> you knew what I was going to do there. I was waiting for it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, a great, it's great from Frank because I know uh, he's got the partnership with ITV and it's kind of an opportunity for these boys to make a name for themselves because while we're still in this lockdown, I know sports is slowly phasing and coming back and a lot of people will be tuning into boxing. And this, if this is the first boxing card in the UK, then this is a chance to show who you are, to build up your fan base to get them young people following you. So, good luck to all of them. I hope it's going to be a great, great show. I know he's got, a, I think he said three shows lined up. So, July straight to August, three different shows. So, hopefully you can put some good, some good matchups together. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I think what you mentioned about, you know, show, show the British public what you're about. And that kind of links into what the UFC have done, because obviously they were kind of one of the main sports. Mm, yeah. Everybody tuned into the UFC and they showed what great product they have. And, Listen, like I said, Frank Warren, we know it hasn't been too easy for you because of what Eddie Hearn, Sky and Matrim have been doing. But this is your moment to shine. And speaking of shine, obviously, one of the fights that were meant to, was meant to happen sorry, in July was uh, Daniel Dubois versus uh, Joe Joyce. And mm-hmm. I wonder what's happening with that fight because that has to happen. And I think it has to happen with fans as well. Really? Oh, we've had this argument, haven't we? I, I don't know. Oh. I think for me, I just I think I'm just more excited to see it. So I'm just going to say, yeah, it should happen without the fans. But obviously, they, they, he does need to generate some money, some income. And I think obviously Dubois is probably his biggest prospect right now. So he does what he does when he get a lot of eyes on him. But it would be great to see that right now, though. Come on, I, I hear that. Like I would love to see that fight because, like you said, it's the fight that. I, I, you know what? I don't think it gets as much press and hype that that it deserves. Probably because yeah, yeah. probably because it's one, it's Frank Warren, two, it's BT, and three, maybe it's their personalities. They're not as I would I wouldn't say they're as charismatic as someone like Fury is. Um, doesn't get as many people talking. But you know what? That would be a fight, and I still think Dubois would win. Dubois, oh, I said, Joe, we've had this argument. We've had this argument. <laughs> <laughs> he says, the you know a common. You know, two friends having a nice little debate and he says argument. Look at this. <laughs> Perfect for a politician, this guy. I tell you that, it'd be great at debate. No, but you know what I mean? We've had, we've, we've had, our, we've had our back and forth. Yeah. You're, you're no, team no. Dubois, I'm team no, Joyce. I hear that. But could Frank Warren potentially, you say he's got three cards lined up. Could you say that one of the cards later in the month, he might put that fight on? You know what I tell you? I reckon this, so this first card, July 10th, with um, Adelaide and um, for, uh, Forstall, Foster, sorry. I think if it generates a lot of views, gets a lot of eyes, and then I don't see why not. And then maybe just put a little bit of a 
extra fee on top because obviously he's not going to be getting um uh, people there. He's not going to be getting the gate fee. Mm. But mate, put it put it on BT. Extra bit of money on top of it. Why not? But I think he's going to test the waters and see how these other shows do. But I think they're all, they're all waiting until fans are allowed back. You know what I mean? That's where the money's at. Money's always there. Like it's after the money's at. And I, and I guess it's a case of other box are the fighters prepared to take a pay cut because I'm sure the ones who are fighting now they're definitely taking um, not a massive but you know what I mean they've definitely seen some sort of reduction and, and I guess you're gonna have to understand with everything going on. It's, it's quite sad though because a lot of these fighters, if you look at a boxer's ways, just to say, I'm not saying he's world champion, but let's say he's come like there's a boxer working up through the ranks. They actually don't get that much money, or the, well, well, they don't see a lot of the money that they get. So, say if they get paid a hundred, hundred k for a fight, you're thinking, oh damn, okay, take away taxes, let's say seventy five, let's say seventy k, right? But you're thinking, mm. you're thinking, okay, seventy k is quite a lot for that fight, but you're forgetting the license fee, the mm, fee, mm. all the other fees that you need to pay, promoter fees, mm. all of that, and by the time, or, or your sparring partner fees, your camp, mm. once once you've paid all that. You've probably got 10K, so I've got to say... <laughs> 10K, Jesus. <laughs> it's like I'm in Monopoly or something. I just need to pass pass around go and I'll get my two... <laughs> you need to go to Mayfair, get yourself a property. Oh, mate, I did that the other day. I got absolutely rinsed because nobody landed on it. <laughs> I was hoping, I was like, please, someone's land. I've got a hotel on Them dark blues are dangerous. No, no one landed and I got creamed when I went to like Bond Street in Regent Street. Oh. So, yeah. But I call that place death row we do in our family. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, all I'm saying is I'm surprised I didn't flip a table like Derek Chazorin. Yeah. And Dillian White. I'm the baddest guy you're ever going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Love that press conference. But listen, like, 10K, right, for a boxer, especially if you're not exactly the most well-known and you're kind of working your way up the ranks, is not mm. a lot of money. So No, you're right. They're right. There are a lot of fees to pay. And I think people say, oh, my God, he got 100K for that but there's so much more that you pay for behind the scenes. And I think some boxers, they do have sponsorship money coming in, but obviously that's when you reach a certain level. But you are right, it is going to affect boxers massively. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, if I was a boxer and don't think, you know, people listen, don't think I'm stingy or like, I don't care about people, but if you're not earning any money anyway, and then someone says, I hear, take another pay cut, your 10K that you're earning might be something like five, Six. Mm, mm. I can't live off that. No chance. Mm. He, he, look, look at Mike Tyson. Oh, he went bankrupt. You know what I mean? 100. One of the biggest names in heavyweight back in back in the days. He went bankrupt. So we may think, oh my god, look at the millions, the thousands that he's making. It's so easy for them to splash it all. And times like this, when you have nothing coming in, it's it's dangerous. You know what I mean? Okay. It's very dangerous. You mentioned Mike Tyson, and I finished his book recently. And I tell you what, it's one of the best books I've read in a very long time. And this is a it's obviously he goes through his life and you mentioned... He says very long time. He's only read three. <laughs> <laughs> He's my librarian, Sean. He always puts... And, and one of them was Horrid Henry. Perfect, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peter. Who's that? <laughs> no, Sean's my librarian. He gives me a stamp on my book every time I finish one. So, you know, um, But no, Mike Tyson, his book, honestly, is fantastic. And if you guys out there haven't, haven't read it, it's one of the greatest books. Like the depth of the detail that he goes through all the hardships he faced, why he is like he is, uh, how him losing his trainer because of a uh, young age before he became champion was massive for him because he was basically his father figure. And a lot of the reasons why Tyson became bankrupt and got involved in everything was because he didn't have that father figure down uh, um, basically above above him, just telling him what to do. So that was massive. And, you know, Sean mentioned the bankruptcy and it's not just Mike Tyson. There's like many fighters who declared bankruptcy because... Gosh, you say book, you make it sound like it was literally there by your bedroom side speaking to every night. <laughs> Sammy, the reason why I went broke is because I spent all my money on my fans. <laughs> you know what? You never know. I mean, he is training for a fight. And, you know, I do do know a good two things about a slip and a jab. So, Oh, here we go. You know, obviously, what do you think of that? Obviously, Mike Tyson's training. There was a massive thing about, oh, he's going to come out of retirement. I didn't really believe too much about him, but Mate, seeing him train, mm. Jesus Christ! I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if you spoke about it, but I know a lot of people got all very excited about that twenty-second video. Obviously, he's looking fast. He's looking strong. You know what I mean? He's still gonna have. He's still gonna have that muscle memory, that boxing memory. You know what I mean? He's still gonna have the techniques with him. And I think a funny thing that I saw was um Dave Allen actually put a tweet saying it's very. A lot of people won't understand it, but I'd actually beat Mike Tyson right now. And I kind of do. I understand where he's coming from. 
Like he's not my he's not the same fighter as he once was, you know what I mean? Mm. He's he is he's done. He's very done and dusted and I don't want him to get excited and come back and think he can take on some of these guys because he really can't, I think, just stick to the exhibition match that he's planned with whoever, make the money for charity and just leave it at that. You've still got a very good name. There's no need to tarnish your name whatsoever. Yeah, no, that's true. But I'll tell you what, the way Sean's talking, it makes me think if he's going to, he reckons he could take out Mike Tyson, the way he's talking about, oh, he's... Whoa, let's not get ahead of ourselves, please. <laughs> <laughs> please, I... I may be punching my um, shower curtain every now and then, but, mate, I've got, n- I've got nothing on Tyson. I'll tell you what what you can do that's better than Mike Tyson. And that's cook- and, that, and, and that is and that is cooking plantain. <laughs> Here we go. You're out of my cooking skills now. No, I'll tell you what. It looked pretty good. I mean, I don't know what your neighbours thought about it, but, yeah, I think it was um, pretty good. But, anyway, speaking of, obviously, greats, one great thing that has returned recently is the great Premier League. It's coming home. It's definitely come home because the chickens have come home to roost because, obviously, Manchester United, we're back. Paul Pogba, return. What do you think of the game against Tottenham Hotspur? Um, what did I think of the game? I wasn't highly impressed. I think we we don't look any different like how we did before. Obviously, some people are a bit flat and I, I no blame at all. Obviously, they've had quite a long layoff. I think, I don't know. I just, there's so much potential and promise in that team, but at the same time, it's just kind of like we're just we're nowhere near there. Like we're fighting for top four, and obviously, I'm not, I'm not no Roy King, so I'm not going to go on a little rant here. But <laughs> I think he did make some very valid points. I was I was very upset with that De Gea save. Oh, I, I think he, he should be doing more. He can be doing better. Oh, he's, he's oh, I don't know. One hundred percent, he should be saving that, in my opinion, and. Um, I mean, I don't know if you saw, but Roy King, there was a save that he made. I think Son headed the ball and it was going to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Roy King was like, I could have saved that. And to be fair, if you... <laughs> right, I'm not trying to defend Roy King, but it was kind of straight at him. Mm. So, it makes you question, but I think... What... Literally, Maguire's defending was terrible. It's like he came with me down to Tesco. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> Every little doesn't help, that's for sure. Yeah. But I'm happy Roy King called out Harry Maguire because a lot of the media... They tend to um, kind of deflect all the blame that happens to be given to Harry Maguire and they kind of say this, that, what not, look at Lindelof, look at the other parts of the team. But Harry Maguire, he's, he, when he first signed for Man United, I wasn't too sure about him. I'm not going to lie to you. I, Mate, I was upset. 80 million. I'm just chucking cash away. Hey, that was like... This is the most expensive defender. What is that about? That was a really poor trade deal you see on Monopoly where you trade your two blue properties for the two... <laughs> you know what I mean? That was really... Yeah, bad. honestly... Leicester had us, mate. 80 million. Barry, I don't, I personally don't see it, but hopefully it comes good for us. But again, it's, it's not like he's 23. Like, I'm pretty sure he's 26 or 27. Yeah, you're right. No, yeah, he's 26. Yeah, he is, he is kind of, I'd say he's near enough his prime years, but I guess we were kind of lacking that leadership. But he's no, he's no Vidic, he's no Ferdinand, he's no West Brown. Like, he's not, he's not fantastic compared to some of the centre backs of the Premier League now. So, Look at- I don't know. Look at the level from which Sean just went. Vidic, <laughs> Wes Brown. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not nowhere near them three. No, that's fine. But Wes Brown, like, come on. No, he's nowhere near Wes Brown. Wes Brown had some solid performances Obviously, against Sunderland. Well, like you said, Gary Neville. Fair enough. Like he was a leader. Mm. But yeah, you're right. Harry Maguire. Listen, we need to definitely sort our defence out. But what I don't think we need to sort out is our midfield. Jesus Christ! When Pogba came on. No, nah, I think that midfield still does need a bit of tightening. I don't. I'm not too sure about McTominay. He's very. He, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know anything today. But for me, just he just lacks ability for me. Mm. He, I don't know. I think we can get a much better centre mid. Like if we if we're seriously wanting to challenge for the Prem or top four, like think about it. We're, we're, so we want top four. We want Champions League. Mm. The squad that played against Tottenham, they they will get swallowed by like a Valencia. Or an Ajax or a Juventus, yeah. to say the least. So we've really got to make some changes. For me, Shaw's got to go as well, mate. I, I much prefer Brandon Williams. For me, Shaw's just done. He was loving them water breaks a bit too much for me. <laughs> I think he's been locked down a bit too much. Look at his frame. Yeah. But- I think he's always, he's always been a bigger guy. Like He's always had a bigger body stature. But for me, he's just that was a silly header for him, uh, from him that gave away the goal. And I think he's just he's just got bad decision making. Daniel James for me, that right mid, we need to sort it out attacking wise. Because mm. one, seeing Wan Bissaka trying to attack, he couldn't cross. 
decision maker was poor. The pass in the first touch, defending, I can't fault him. You know what I mean? But attacking wise, just wasn't it. The runs that he was making, the positions he was getting into, and I think he was trying to overdo attacking scenarios because obviously Daniel James, he's just a headless chicken. He's just dashing bloody Forest Gump. I just don't understand it. Forest Gump. <laughs> I guess that I guess that's where Sancho fits in, but I think Sancho's a bit too much money. Mm. I think United just splash too much. Like if they're gonna splash, jab and weaves here for you boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna say the way she's talking, I might just give this little montage Ollie. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I told you, I'm not no Roy Keane, but I've just I've got my criticism here and there. You know what? I, I, I like someone like Fred. I think Fred, Bruno, Pogba, for now, with what we have, sounds good. I think if we sign someone like Thomas Partey, who you know, I'd say he'd be willing to come to Man United. I know... Oh, yeah, definitely. I know Atletico's in the Champions League and they do challenge for the league most seasons in Spain, but it's Manchester United. You can't decline down Manchester United. Do you know what I mean? I think one thing that we're, we're always going to have history on our side and I think we will always have... We will always have potential and promise. We have got... We've got a good team there with Rashford. I think Martial looks a bit flat. I wouldn't mind swapping out for a better striker. But I guess we've got the likes of Greenwood soon to come. So we have, we have got players there who can who can do something, who are promising, but I think the Deadwood, they need to go. Deadwood and Woodward, off you go, you know what I mean? <laughs> Look, you think he's caught me rhyming slang or something, the way you <laughs> with this. Jesus Christ. But, mate, Sean, I think you're right. Who I do like, I tell you what, I know we only came on for a little bit, I really do like Mason Greenwood. I really do. Yeah, yeah, come on. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. Special, that boy. He's a very... He excites me. He's, he's going to be... A... Once he starts getting a few more games... Finds out his best position, he's going to be a star for us. But I think you mentioned right mid. We definitely need a right mid. But if you look at someone like Sancho, who is young, promising, kind of the type of player who we go for, I know he's expensive, but if you look outside of that, who can you honestly say we'd sign? I, I think Stengs from uh, PSV. Using, but is it PSV or is he AZ? I think AZ. I remember. Yeah. I think he was AZ, Alcazar, whatever they're called. <laughs> But yeah, I think he's not he's not been doing too bad. But then again, I guess it is the that Dutch league. You never know because the prem the prem's different, man. The prem can eat you up. But I guess you're right with the whole Sancho. I think the only thing is because he's English, because he's young, he does come a bit with the price range. I definitely think we need to look at the right mid. But let's leave United alone. I'm getting all sweaty again. Oh. <laughs> I think there were some other great games on. I mean, let's let's get straight into it with the first game of the season. The goal that never happened. That goal is huge. Did you see when it when it clearly crossed the line against? Yeah, uh, Villa against who they play again? Sheffield United. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, that was. I, I even thought the keeper himself. He he kind of looked disappointed, like he knew it went in, but I don't know what went on. I don't know what the ref was looking at. This line assistant. I don't know what was going on there. The lino. You mentioned spec savers and uh, opt. Was it uh, Vision <laughs> Vision Express? <laughs> I think he definitely needs to go to that. But, mate, the keeper, he reminded me of, you know when um, Lampard, 2010 World Cup, hit that shot. Hit... Oh, yeah. Uh, was that Germany, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Neuer just looked over like, yeah, it's gone over, but I'm not going to say anything. It just looked like. Yeah, yeah. But... You know them guilty looks. That's oh, yeah. exactly what was on his face. That goal, that goal, that should happen, could be huge. Because that could be two points that Sheffield United don't get that could mean they don't make Euro- uh, European places. Sim- mm. That could be two points that Villa... Uh, well, one point Villa gains, that means they stay up and other relegation rivals might go down. So, that, Yeah, you're right, yeah. That goal is huge. But other than that, obviously Liverpool played on the weekend against uh, Everton. I only watched that because it's just football, but that was one of the most boring games I've ever Oh, mate, that was terrible, Merseyside derby. I was very disappointed with that. I think the first thing that disappointed me was Mane looking for the goal before taking a knee. Oh, Come on, my man. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy you clapped that. I was... Mate, I was thinking, Mane, of all players, come on. You know what? You know what it was? I'll tell you what it was. He tried running off the line because he was like, at least I can try and find the airline by now or something. Do you know what I mean? That's why... Because mm. honestly, he's... And I was just like, is he for real? Like, everyone just took a knee and he just ran off. Honestly, I couldn't believe it. I was like, no way. I thought they'd start the Olympics again. I was like, bro, you, you what? <laughs> he was oh, he was rapid, though. I give it to oh, him. Oh, mate, he was gone. He was... And the, the funniest thing, when he just saw everyone in the knee, he was like, oh, my God. And a little quick jog back. I was like, sorry, lads. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know, if, if he did that right, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy he didn't look back to his bench or anything. Because the looks they would have given him, like, yeah. real. Are you honestly for real? That was a boring game. Obviously, Liverpool are going to win the league in the next couple of games. 
I think I think Everton were happy with the draw. I think they went for a draw. Yeah, they didn't really look any danger. I think Tom Davis, good good potential. We had a very good opportunity there. We hit the post. Yeah, no, no. I think I think it was. I think Everton, if anything, were probably more likely. Liverpool didn't really create too many chances, but I think it doesn't mm. go that. Mate, they could have signed a striker this week in the form of Timo Werner. Obviously, he's gone to Chelsea, so it makes, mm-hmm. it makes you think. I don't. I don't think Liverpool need him. I think Firmino is perfect. Kind of the false nine type of not the striker. You know what I mean? Holding up the play, making the passes. I think that's what they want. I don't know. Obviously, Werner would have replaced Firmino, but I don't know. I think they've. I think it's a good idea not rushing into a decision and jumping on him. I I hear that, but the only thing I will say is the fact that. With Liverpool, if you look at their bench, okay, that Minamino, who will probably come good for them, he's a young player, Origi, they don't have too many options of the bench. Like, I think Striker, yeah. signing someone like Werner gives the other players like, oh, crap, we need to kind of pull our socks. Yeah, but they've got Raheem Brewster on the line. He's coming back. Yeah, but he's a young player. He's, he's almost like, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say he's at the level of Greenwood, but he's almost like a player who's a young player trying to get in, into the team. He won't be starting, so... He's that kind of player. I still think they. I think they dropped the bag with that. I think they should have signed. Yeah, but now looking at look at it on the complete fit side. Look at Chelsea now. They've got Giroud. They've got Tammy Abraham. Then they've still got Bashwai. So for me, they've got too many first team quality strikers there. I, I hear that, Sean. I hear that. But let's be real. Bashwai. Bashwai's gone. Like that. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely he gone. Some, someone needs to snap him up. Yeah. He calls himself Batman. He might as well be Robin because he's definitely, <laughs> definitely psychic. He's definitely a psychic. So he's gone. Giroud is quite old. He might just stay as the experienced striker. Werner Abraham, Ziyech Pulisic, Hudson Adoy. Uh, who else? Uh, Willian, Mason Mann. Yeah, Willian's there. They've got Pedro still. Our feelers are missing a player. They've got options, mate. They're a threat. They're an absolute threat. Mm, they played them um, Loftus-Cheek on the wing, didn't they? Well, for whatever reason against Villa. That game upset me. Villa, all they needed to do was just hold on a bit more longer. But no, literally in the space of, what, two minutes... I know it's depressing because obviously, being from the Birmingham area, it'd be nice to see a Birmingham team in the Premier League, and clearly they're letting everybody down. So thank you mm-hmm. very much, Aston Villa. Um, but but UGC securing that top four, obviously, I guess City and uh, Liverpool are definitely. Yeah, clear. I think it'll stay the same. Leicester and Chelsea. I think Chelsea just keep. Really, we keep dropping too many points. I feel if we really like that first half, we was. I know, I know, it's been a while since we've been back, but we were just so tame and so timid and. It didn't look like we were a team that really wanted top four. As Chelsea, like you saw in the second half with the substitutions and Frank Lampard, like you could see that oh, we need to win this game. Like we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Wolves outside bet, they're the only team I can see, other than us, obviously, uh, challenging Chelsea for that top four because they look a threat. Mm, they've always been a good, good little Portugal team, Wolves. <laughs> but I think West Ham, oh, West Ham played a poor game, man. I do like West Ham. Somewhat my second team gone to a few games every now and then because obviously I was new and born and raised. But I think it was disappointing West Ham. I don't know why they've hired David Moyes. He's an absolute joke of a manager. April falls on them. But I don't know. West Ham are just West Ham are slipping away slowly. They need to be careful. But back to your point of Wolves, they, they are good. They've got a good set of players there. They are very hard working. Triore came off the bench and they still perform like that. You know, what I mean, he saved them. That game. I, 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 I rate him highly. He's, you know what? He's a player that Liverpool could look to start. Oh, yeah. He's come out of nowhere for me because at the beginning of the season, it was a bit quiet. And obviously, he was here last last season as well. Mm. But it's only of recent where I said, think of December or so, or a bit before that, he's really started to shine and show his class. Craziest thing is, he's he's kind of our age as well. I think he's 21. Triore's not 21. Yeah. No, he's not 21. I think he's 21 or 22, so he's basically our age. Stop it. He is. I'm not even joking with you. He's really young because he was at Barcelona. Then I think he went to Middlesbrough or Villa. He's just been around a few clubs. And obviously, now he's finding his home at, in, uh, at Wolves. And obviously, he's smashing. I'm not, I'm not even joking with you. He's around 21, 22, I'm pretty sure. Gosh. Yeah. He must be on the same diet plan as um, Baby Miller then. <laughs> I want to know. He's 24, about 21. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I keep mixing my numbers up these days. Mate, I think it's you that needs to go Vision Express. <laughs> Adam Triore t- trying to tell me he's 22. I thought he was. I, mean, I was going to about to ask my mum for the birth certificate because no way am I 21 if he's 22. <laughs> Mate, he's such a he's such a quality player. Like, I know he's. I know... And, and apparently he doesn't go to the gym. Oh, jog on. Rubbish. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. But all genetics, mate. Listen, right? 
I know I know people say he's big and he's strong, but he's actually a good baller. Like, um, yeah, he's technically very good. That second goal, get it, he, he made the pass, passed to the assist, and his hold up play is ridiculous. The way he dribbled past those two players, he like he was playing street football or something. Honestly, the quality. But obviously, we mentioned Man City earlier. They smashed it five 0 They're just going to try and basically extend the wait time for Liverpool. The one thing they want to avoid, though, I'd say, is um, they don't want to be playing Liverpool. Uh, for the game that basically if Liverpool draw or win they win the league because that will be a big game for City because it's psychological you don't want to be the team basically especially if you're challenging for that top four and you're a big rival you don't want to be that, that side that basically gives the title to the to Liverpool mm-hmm. yeah you're right I think that was that was something that happened with United City last year where if City beat us they would have won the league and I think United has pulled out an absolute crazy game and smack them oh yeah but I, yeah I get what you mean you never want to be that team that kind of loses the league for everyone else even though Liverpool is so far ahead you just don't want to be that losing side to oh, it's, it's, let them claim that they are the champions no it's, it's really true and, and, and another thing as well you don't want to be that side especially like you mentioned two seasons ago obviously we beat Man City 3-2 in that mm. win um, another team that we haven't got onto but we will get onto very shortly um, they always bang on about the fact that they won the league at White Hart Lane. And mm. obviously, you don't want to be that side. So, obviously, let's talk about that side. And that is the absolute meme of a club, Arsenal Football Club. Mate, I just, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know what's going on with them. If I'm being brutally honest here, yeah, they have got a lot of potential, that team. They've got, they've, they've got a decent squad, but they're just, it's just not working. It's just something's not clicking. And I really thought Arteta would be the one to kind of help them find their way, but they just—they've not got the rhythm. I just think there's so much, so much bad happening. Like I don't know if you saw the Arsenal fan TV live uh, cam footage. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's hilarious as well. The fact that they scored—they don't even know what happened. Then mm. um, they scored. Then Ty in his video, he just went off about Mope about how he injured Burn Leno. Mope, Mope, you're a treat. You're a treat. I don't know why he get relegated. Mate, he's like 40 years. I know. Jesus. Mate, I saw him in Waitrose when I used to work back around that <laughs> first year of uni. I was just like, you're right, Ty. Like, All right, get involved. I thought it was me and Tesco this week, but get involved with Waitrose, I don't know. Mate, it was an absolute establishment. It was about about a 10 minute walk away from um, the Emirates. But yeah, Ty, like at the start, I rated him and said, he's like, thank you to the NHS, Black Lives Matter. Motorcycle. <laughs> just went off. They went off, but I, I don't know. They're not a bad squad. I'm telling you now, they're not a bad squad, but I just it's not working for them. I think the City game it is a bit unfair. Look at the you got to look at the class of the City team. They are a very very quality team. So you, the most you'd ever get is a draw. So I, I agree. No, I agree with that, Sean. I do agree with that. But then Brighton, like, come on, you're one nil up. Mm. You can't blame it on your, that one player who injured the keeper. Which yeah, he did get injured and he was wrong, but. I think that was an that was an accident. There was nothing intentional. Mope was going for the ball. I don't know what they're crying about. They've got Arsenal, but this okay. How about this? Let me put let me put it to you like this. This is how you know the club's a bit rotten. So one of the talents would you say Saka is? I think he's a talent, but would you say Bukayo Saka is a talent? Yeah, I definitely say the ta- uh, talent on the left left uh, left wing back left wing. Yeah, right. They have allowed his contract to run down, and he could leave for a free. I think this summer. Can he? I thought, uh, does he not uh, care about the whole how he's aged and everything? Because he's quite young, isn't he? But the, no, but that's the thing, though. Like Arsenal, they have this weird thing where they let con- players run their contract down and it gives the opportunity for them to leave. Like, look at Aubameyang this summer. He might leave. Yeah, I know, I know. It's silly because, the because f- firstly, they haven't got the money to replace these players anyway. So why not just get them on the contracts? Because who are they going to get to replace Aubameyang? He's held that club so much, what, 17 goals? I think he's the highest goal, uh, the highest goal scorer in the Prem right now. Who are they going to get to replace him? Lacazette is clearly not the answer. Eddie Nketiah, maybe in a few years. Who's going to replace a talent like Saka as well? And think how much he's going to be worth. Yeah, and it's just bad. I know. Yeah, like you said, it, is, it has been something they've done on a lot of occasions. Let the contract run down, having to sell the player for so much more cheaper, or the player literally going on a free. But I just I don't understand the, the the technicality going on behind the the minds of them Arsenal players. And their whole board, like they're just even David Luiz, who are they replacing them with? William Saliba. Just I don't I don't understand their plan. I don't understand their plan or their goals at all. Neither do I. And it'd be intriguing to see how the rest of the Premier League pans out. But obviously, before we end, obviously Champions League, um, there's been the new format 
um, that's been basically given to everybody. I don't personally like it. I don't know about what you think about it, but I don't have the chance to see it. So what's that about? Then? Basically, obviously, there's a there's a, a few uh, games, second leg, last sixteen that I've been um, basically they still need to play. So I think it's the games such as uh, Madrid, uh, Man. Oh yeah, City. Yeah. Uh, in the Barca leg against Napoli, I believe that was Juventus, Leon, which Leon are winning. All those legs are now being played at some point in August in Lisbon. What? Yes. Furthermore, oh. furthermore, the quarterfinal ties and the semi-final ties are also going to be played in Lisbon and they're not two legs, they're one leg. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's... Oof. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like the sounds of that. I just think whoever wins this Champions League this year, yes, fair play, you won the Champions League, but there needs to be a bit of... You need to take with a bit of a pinch of, a, pinch of salt because, let's be real... Champions League's always been about the away goals, two legs. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Come on. Who's ever going to forget the PSG-Barca game? No one, right? Honestly, that's what it's about. And on that note, this could be a first-year PSG win the Champions League. And in a way, is it kind of fraudulent? Is there a bit of an asterisk? Mm. Also, there's no fans, especially. like That's a big thing because, like, let's be real, right? I'm not saying I'm a massive Liverpool advocate, but that second leg against Barcelona last year, their oh, yeah. made a difference. Of course they did. Definitely, yeah. So, what, just a question off the back of that. Do you think fans make a difference then for some of these players? I think they do. They're, I'm not saying that every player thinks about it, but you know when you hear the crowd encouragement when they go past a player and you mm. like, oh, do him, do him, right? Mm. <laughs> you get past the player and when you put in a cross and then you hear the crowd gasp together, there's a silence. Then the player connects with the ball, he gets in the back of the net. That atmosphere, that passion, that adrenaline, you know, a player will feel that. So, mm, I definitely think the Merseyside derby would have been much different. Hundred percent. It's like the game coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, the Liverpool Man City game. That, oh yeah, right. Can you imagine? I'm not saying Man City have all the fans in there. You know, the reason it's called the Entiad, but <laughs> they had the fans. That game would be a lot more different than um, you know Liverpool playing in an empty stadium that could clinch in the league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. But anyway, Sean, it's been a very, very intriguing episode, as always. A lot yeah, great one. And obviously, it'd be intriguing to see what happens with the Premier League coming up. And if there's a, any... Uh, what I'm more intrigued about, to be honest with you, is what happens with these boxing events. Because, obviously, boxing's not really something you can have social distancing with, especially with the trainers and um, the ring and the referee. Mm. It's going to be really... Cameraman, everything, yeah. But anyway, as always, Sean, it's been a pleasure. And as always, guys, tune in for next week. And uh, see you next week, guys. Peace.